Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Here we go. Off and running on a Tuesday morning is free agency. Not even started yet, and it feels like it's already at a fever pitch. A beautiful morning here in Jacksonville, Florida, with a nice view of the Hart Bridge and the St. John's River flowing. And we are getting started here with John Osier, and we'll have Ashlyn Sullivan in just a couple moments. Good morning. I'm Brian Sexton, and we start with um, the free agency legal tampering period, I guess is what they call it. Well, they should just call it the negotiating period, because that's what it is. Stories this morning, and we'll get heavily into free agency, but the story this morning from Adam Schefter and some of the national folks is that the Jaguars have already struck. Mm -hmm. They have agreed in principle to a contract with Andrew Norwell, the all-pro guard from Carolina. You hinted that they would be aggressive. I'm not sure that I believe that they could be this aggressive uh, in terms of making him the highest-paid guard in football, one of the highest-paid offensive linemen in football, but clearly they are not going to miss the opportunity to capitalize on what they built last year. Well, you sort of got the vibe at the combine that uh, Norwell was going to be possible because they uh, when Dave Caldwell spoke to the media he talked about having the money under the salary cap to be aggressive and quote finish this thing off and when you got the vibe that Allen Robinson wasn't in the picture offensive line became the thing that you figured you know they didn't run well enough in the second half of the season and they knew it so if that was going to be their identity if there was going to be a splash on the offensive line, this was the one splash that could be made. All right, hold that thought because we're going to talk more about that when we get to big things with Ashland. Are they done? Um, well, I think they're done in terms of of a major splash because this was really the splash player on the market right. in an area that they would seem to care about. You know, wide receiver, offensive line, and tight end are the three areas that make sense. This was the guy out of those three spots, really that. Uh, Wide receiver Sammy Watkins might have been the guy, or Allen Robinson might have been the guy. They didn't go after those. Tight end, there's really no guy like this. So in terms of splash, this is, you know, curse splash, Brian. I mean, All right. Wow. Right. Wipe it off, man. I think we go in there. So Nice. Curse splash. Yes. I'm impressed with you, you all this morning. Yeah, exactly. So too is Ashlyn Sullivan, no doubt, as she stands way across the studio. But big things are up. Good morning. Good How morning. Are you? How's everyone doing? Good. And you? I am good. I'm excited. Big well, things happening over here. How excited do you think a lot of players are around the league this morning as they're getting those big checks? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good morning for as them. As a recent college graduate, can you imagine <laughs> somebody offering you that kind of life-changing money? No, I mean, $5 for me is awesome. So I couldn't imagine $30 million. I don't, I don't know what I would do. $5. $5, That's yeah. All it and takes. I'd be happy. Yeah. John and I'll coffee. take you to lunch. Okay, deal. All right, big thing number one, we just discussed it. Free agency opening tomorrow, the big day. Woke up this morning to two reports of Allen Robinson and Andrew Norwell. However, nothing is finalized till tomorrow. But one thing we do know, it's about the money for the players. That's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt about it at all. It is about money. It's professional football. And every year you get these big deals where someone becomes the highest paid this or the highest paid that. And it appears that Andrew Norwell will become the highest paid guard in football from the Jaguars tomorrow when the Jaguars can actually sign the agreement. Let's talk about why, right? And you mentioned briefly that they didn't run the ball very well. I believe that the reason that they lost in the fourth quarter of the AFC championship game 
wasn't because they didn't have Allen Robinson. It was because they couldn't protect a 10-point lead. They couldn't run the ball and control the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And this is why. This is their personality. The head coach said, I want to run the ball every play, facetiously, but... <laughs> He better not be facetious. I mean, like, you know, at thirteen point three million dollars. Yeah, when a you year, have that's uh, an accurate report. Brandon Litter making what he's making, and Andrew Noah making what he's making, you invested in Cam Robinson, who was second round pick, but they feel like I think is a first round sort of talent. Uh, you, know, you know, they might run the ball every play. I mean, this might be uh, history making stuff. We're saying after the AFC Championship game, the angst among fans was why weren't they more aggressive why didn't they take more chances why didn't they put the ball in Blake Bortles hands why did they go uh, so conservative that was the storyline inside the building the thought was we lost because we couldn't dictate what was going on we couldn't impose our will in that situation um so all of the, because of what happened in the AFC championship game the thought going into the offseason among outsiders was we need to be able to throw our way out of that situation. We need to open things up on the outside. If if we get A-Rob back, if we, if we get a better quarterback, remember all that in oh, January, yeah. then we'll be able to be better in that situation. Well, the Jaguars clearly, and, and, and I started getting this vibe at the Combine after Dave Caldwell spoke, if you started connecting the dots of, okay, this is going to be, they're going to be aggressive on offense. They know what they need to do. But it's not necessarily jibing with it with what everybody's saying. They believed they needed to get better at what they were already okay at and be dominant at. This is the die. It's Here, cast. Here's something else to consider. When you look at these big backs, right? Look at Earl Campbell. Look at Maurice Jones Drew. Mm-hmm. They gave you three dominant seasons, three really good seasons, mm-hmm. and then three seasons where they just were kind of average. The big bruising backs who run over people, who run through people, they don't last that long. So when you look at Leonard Fournette and his career, and I mean, look, he might last 10 years. Who knows? Sure. But if you're playing the averages, you're saying that right now he's in his prime, and you've got four to five seasons where you can ride this horse, this thoroughbred on the field. Well, it makes sense then to invest in the offensive line to the degree that they have because you invested the fourth overall pick in last year's draft in a prodigy-type running back now you got to make the most of him. And it's a, he's a prodigy-type running back who I think we saw last year needs some push in the middle, needs to be able to run downhill a That's little right. bit. I don't think he's a uh, you know pure make-you-miss. Uh, At 240, no. Barry Sanders-type guy. So, But even beyond that, I think they want to be able to also run when he's not. In the guy. I mean, this is a statement of we're going to be better than people we play on the interior of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, now his contract brings unbelievable expectations because now every time they don't run the ball in the middle, it's going to be, well, why didn't Linder and Norwell get it? I mean, this is, you are the main guys on offense now. You are the highest paid guys on offense. It's not wide receiver. It's not running back. I'm not even sure it's quarterback. You know, your interior offensive line better be dominant, and there is little margin for error for these guys. Well, so many times last year when you looked at the Jaguars inside, the A-gaps were filled. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get any push, and every time they tried to run inside, or at least it felt like every time, maybe it was just most times. It was pretty close. Yeah, that they ran inside. There was somebody with a hand on Leonard mm-hmm. within a yard of the line of scrimmage either way. Either someone had gotten penetration, or there was someone that couldn't get moved. Right. And so they were slowing him down. And 
They were hitting him low. They were hitting him beneath, below the knee. He had the ankle troubles last mm-hmm. year. There was never a clean seam. So it made sense, at least to me, that they would improve the offensive line. I thought the draft is where they would do it. Well, I think they still will. Well, I was going to say, I, right. I still think they can get better on the offensive line at number 29 or even the second pick in the second round. It's probably fair to, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen in the draft because you don't. Think Dallas for a couple of years, I forget which drafts they were, 14, 15. They drafted offensive linemen. Everybody said, what are they doing? They've already got offensive line. They're already okay there. Yeah. But they went hardcore after that and said, this is how we're going. I think this is what the Jaguars are going toward is we're okay on the offensive line. Because they were clearly okay last year. Sure. But they want to be dominant on the offensive line. If if you watch the Jaguars closely, and if if, if you listen to us all season, it, it wasn't hard to see this coming. The running game last year was much better on paper than it was in fact. Right. And we talked about it a lot. I don't know how many games, but maybe three or four or five games at the most that Leonard Fournette was over four yards a carry. First four games, I know he wasn't. He got over it when he had a couple of long burst runs against the Steelers and the Rams. He was over four yards a carry. Other than that, he scraped over it against Cleveland and maybe Seattle. This was not a team that was as dominant in fact as it was in stats running the ball. They want to be dominant. In fact, this is the identity of the team. All right, how about a thought at uh, at wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, Saw Allen Robinson. He actually came in this morning. He's still here. Uh, Again, like Norwell, if he's signing with the Bears, which is what the reports are. And I said, hey, congratulations. He had a big smile on his face. Uh, And good for him, by the way. Absolutely. Good guy. Has been a good guy around here. Uh, And we worked with him on the fight, which you may have seen up on Jaguars.com in recent weeks, uh, and was a pleasure to work with. Three years, $42 million, 14 per season average. So the Jags didn't want to pay 14 uh, You saw what Sammy Watkins apparently mm-hmm. is getting, $16 million for a guy who had 539 receiving yards last year. Right. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. 16 Mike Evans got 16 He's 14, or pardon me, four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. So they're telling you the receiving numbers just went through the roof, and the Jags said, we're out. Yeah, and they we're going to focus on the run. Right. Well, and I think what they will tell you is they got an All Pro guard and gave up a receiver who made the Pro Bowl two years ago, uh, who is coming off an ACL, and who I don't think they consider a All Pro level uh, best at his player. I mean, a best at position player. So they feel like. If it was a one-for-one trade, they feel like it was a good trade in terms of value. The argument against would be you made a strong position stronger and a weak position weaker, but they feel like being strong on the offensive line. You know know how these guys think, Brian. I I mean, this is – They're going to play to their strength. We are going to be great on the interior, I mean, on the defensive and offensive lines. And they laid it out from day one. So this is – again, their die is cast – um, losing a Rob means now you are going to be a team that gets by with receivers who are not big money and who outsiders don't consider prime. So you've got to have young guys develop. Uh, I think it'll be Cole interesting to see what happens with Marquise Lee in the next couple of days. Oh, about to ask. And then I think a wide receiver in the first two rounds of the draft still makes sense. Colin Westbrook obviously showed tremendous upside. Uh, Keenan McCartney has a lot of work to go with those guys this offseason. Uh, 
Marquise would be somebody, I think, if you could get him back at the right number. And clearly, we're not even in that Marquise Lee stretch of free agency sure. yet. Uh, and then Alan Hearns is a guy you have to decide whether you bring him back at a at a number that makes sense relative to his production. Right. I believe the day on Hearns is Friday. Right. Uh, I believe uh, $4 million of his contract is guaranteed at that point out of his $7 million that he's made. So you would think a decision one way or the other, if he's on the roster as of Friday, then you go forward with him. Seven million still seems like a lot. Uh, perhaps it doesn't seem like so much considering A. Rob's making fourteen. Absolutely. All right, more to come. Big things continue here on Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan when we return after this quick sixty-second timeout on Jags Drive Time on TuneIn Radio and on social media. Good morning, everybody. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on this Tuesday morning. Here with you is big thing number two, play to your strengths. That's exactly what the Jaguars are doing this morning. Doug Marone, offensive line-minded coach, run first offense. Go get Andrew Norwell. Don't let, don't place the franchise tag on Allen Robinson. Let him go test free agency. You're building around your running program, and it's happening really well here for the Jaguars. Well, and it, it bears out like this. You're in building up your running game, which is obviously what you want to do for Fournette, you're also protecting your defense, mm-hmm. right? You got a lot of money invested in that defense, and if they spend too much time on the field, you limit their effectiveness. This is a play for the Jaguars to do what they do best on both sides of the ball, not just on offense. Yeah, I've heard a play to your strength. I mean, this is you know off the charts in that direction. Uh, it protects the defense. It also obviously further takes them down the road where they were last year, which is taking pressure off Blake Bortles, putting the offense in situations where you have fewer and fewer situations you would hope where he's facing third and nine, third and 11, third and 14, where any quarterback struggles. Um, This move has to make the running game so good that the passing game – doesn't need Allen Robinson as often. Because w- what you always thought last year that you lacked with Allen Robinson not being on the field was that third and eight, he can get you where you're throwing it up and he's going to win that percentage battle that he always won. Well, what you hope clearly is that you don't have as many of those situations and you're in control of the clock at the end of the game. All the things the running game brings. Um, again, this needs to work because this sets your path where it's very difficult to take another path. 
this is the way they're going to be for the next two or three years. Uh, it has to work. So with that in mind, and knowing that at 29 you can do a couple of different things, do you double down? Do you go find another offensive lineman, primarily a tackle? There's some right tackles that might be available sitting there at 29. Uh, get younger, get less expensive, get stronger all at the same time. Um, my guess is they will get themselves to a point where they'll be able to answer that question on the clock. And what I mean is if I mean, tight end, wide receiver, and offensive line are the three spots that are going to make the most sense, they make the most sense now. Well, even taking Norwell, if right tackle falls or if uh, guard is there or if tight end is there, receiver is there, you could see a situation where all of them make sense, and yet if they don't get any of them, they still have enough of, of a starter at all the spots to function. It feels like first-round wide receiver is the way they would go, but if they go the Cowboys route, which I was talking about, I think it would be between wide receiver at this point and offensive line. Well, here's the thing. Will there be any receivers there? It's mm-hmm. not a receiver-rich draft. Right. So you would think that the Calvin Ridleys and uh, the Kirk kid from uh, Texas A&M and the Sutton kid might all be gone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, and the no, Anthony Miller no from Memphis right. seems to be more of a second or even a third-round pick. Of course, the kid from Maryland, D.J. Moore, is climbing up. And we can talk about the draft. We've got a lot of time sure. to talk about the draft. But it just seems to me that you've got Jeremy Parnell at right tackle, but if there's a right tackle there, right? I mean, Jeremy... Last year had the knee issue. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple different braces on, uh, and he's a higher-paid guy. Right. Perhaps you're looking to replace him, if not this year, for the long term and looking at next year and beyond. Again, I, I, I think there's three scenarios that make sense. I would be surprised at this point if they go big, splash, tight end in free agency now. Um, so the tight end class in the draft looks deep enough where you would have a choice. Do we really want to go hard at the position in the first round? Or can wait till the second. When you're looking for a pass catching tight end, you can go a little deeper. You don't have to take that in the first round. They could probably get that in the second. Although obviously you're taking a lesser player if you do that and not in the first. So um again, I think this is gonna be a situation where we're talking about three positions all the way to draft day and we don't know because there's going to be room to maneuver on draft day. All right, back to Ashland for big thing three. The health of the salary cap, it is really healthy right now and it needs to stay like that. Made a smart financial move with Allen Robinson. You need to continue to make those smart financial moves because next year your defensive guys are going to be looking to get paid. Jalen Ramsey, Unique Ngakwe, Miles Jack, all going to get big contracts most likely. Yeah, this is a really big question now. I mean, in, in each of the last couple of years, you've taken a guy and made him the highest paid at his position. You can't keep doing that. So you have got to, A, hit in the draft, mm-hmm. you know, the mid-level rounds and all the way down through undrafted rookie free agency. But you've got to have an eye on 2019 and beyond with Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, and Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, well, you say they're not going to make the guy the highest paid. Well, they're going to make Jalen the highest paid next year. There's no doubt about that. Well, I'm talking about free agency. Right, in terms of your own. Well, teams consider free agency their own guys. And uh, the okay, Jaguars you next saying year. You can't take someone from anyone else's team right. and make them the highest paid. The Jaguars next year. year, I think, will have to shift toward free agency now means our own guys because it. It's going to be hard to keep making the splash. They're going to pay the guys we're talking about, barring a drop-off in any of their play, particularly in Gakwe, particularly Ramsey. So there are clauses in contracts where Marcel Darius, Calais Campbell, 
Malik Jackson, guys like that, I believe there will be decisions made on players that were veterans who were brought in on what were essentially two- and three-year deals that will have to be let go to make room. I'm not sure which of those guys will happen. There's room to talk about that as we go forward. But that's where the cap will stay healthy. You've signed contracts that you can get out of. And unfortunately, at at some point next year, you're going to be getting out of those to pay your own guys. In 2019, they can move on with no dead money from all three of those guys. Yep. Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, and Malik Jackson in 2019 could all be released with no dead money consequences at all. And as you mentioned, that's where you have to have drafted well. Right. John Idzik and Tim Walsh are the guys who run the salary cap here. And clearly, with the room that they've had in recent years and the ability to structure deals as two-year deals, it's given them great flexibility. Mm -hmm. But when you sign a guy and make him the highest-paid guard, as you said, 13.3 is what the number is being reported at, next to Brandon Linder, who's one of the highest-paid interior offensive linemen, you got to find receivers and tight ends and guys in the draft, and you got to hit on those guys. Otherwise, your cap becomes a problem. Unfortunately, because all three of those guys, Darius, Jackson, and Campbell – are guys that I like covering who are fantastic players, the flexibility that you sign or, or that you have when you sign them, flexibility means got to go. I mean, so. Which is another reason why you go pay a guard like right. Andrew Norwell because you want to take advantage of them now. Right. So the, uh, the difficult decisions will come after this season, and you hope that your core, meaning Ngakwe, Miles, and uh, Jalen Ramsey, have developed enough to where they're the core now and you're playing young guys alongside of them. That's what you want. You wanted free agency to be a short-term fix to get to that point. Now those guys have to keep developing to get the franchise to that point. All right, we're through big things here on a Tuesday morning on Jags Drive Time. When we return, we turn the Ozone Snapshot with Ashlyn and John here on a beautiful Tuesday morning in the River City back in 60 seconds. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Happy to have you back with us on Jags Drive Time. Here with you is some Ozone snapshots. Dave, glass half full, an optimistic Dave. John, was Allen Robinson ever intended to be our number one receiver? He's an excellent number two plus, but does he have the breakaway speed for the number one money? That seems to be the big money question. Obviously, someone will pay him that to be that guy, but is he? John, I'm, it looks like he is. <laughs> well, the Bears certainly think he is, but that was the rub from the get-go, Brian, was you know, if the Jaguars had thought 
that Allen Robinson was a healthy Julio Jones, a healthy A.J. Green, a healthy Antonio Brown, then I think we would be talking about a different a scenario having played out, and you might have been talking about a different direction for the franchise offensively. But Allen Robinson, while a very good player who did a lot of things for this franchise, I don't think they certainly, I don't think, believed that he was in that top seven, top eight game-breaking, make-the-defense-go-play-you guy. Um, I hope he goes to Chicago and, and you know does great things. But for what they wanted to do, I don't think he fit, A, and I don't think they thought he was that guy. Well, it's tough to, to pin it down with salaries now and free agency all changing, but he's getting paid what Julio Jones is getting paid. Sure. And at, well, you have to overpay in free agency. Totally get it. Six three two twenty. If he had had that kind of speed, that Julio Jones speed, he would have been a top ten right, pick. Jaguars never a, got of a second round. Exactly. Right. So they made the most of him. But as I as I mentioned here last week, my understanding is is they're not going to pay unless they get that uber electrifying receiver. Right. right? They're not going to pay top of the market because they value the run right. and protecting their defense more. Well, this said, is the not uber a team. elective receiver makes you rethink what you How do, you do think. because he's so good. Right, exactly. But there aren't that many of them in right. the game right now. And and by the way, maybe the most electrifying receiver was a sixth-round pick, right? right? Was Antonio Brown. So go find your guy, mm-hmm. reload at the position, see if you can develop Keelan Cole and uh, D.D. Westbrook. Make that happen at receiver instead. And uh, what you just said reminds me of something you just said in the break. First-round wide receiver... Um, yeah, you whispered to me. I think they go offensive line. And, I do. Or, I, I, and I think that makes sense based on what you said. There, There is a school of thought that some people have that you don't need to take receiver in the first round because you can get them anywhere in the draft, and it feels like that's the school of thought. I'll go back to the stat that we talked about last week. Last year, 33 offensive linemen were drafted, the fewest since the common draft was put together back in 67. The fewest, right? Mm-hmm. 33. Um, if there's an offensive lineman sitting at 29 and I'm unsure about anyone on my line, I'm drafting one in the first round. Find a receiver, find the tight end, no problem. I think I can do that beyond the first round. But the offensive linemen are fewer and further between the guys who can come in and play right now. And so I would take one at 29 if I was the guy. Well, you started projecting Fournette to this team when he was in high school. So I'll, <laughs> I'll trust you on this one. So. Well, you know, I like to be right. I'll go with your thing. Every once in a while, every five or six years I am. We'll see what they do. <laughs> what else you got there, Ashlyn? All right, last one. Mike from Atlanta. What is your guess on the Jaguars' first pick in the draft? Wide receiver, tight end, or offensive line? Does the answer depend on what they do on free agency? Uh, I, I think absolutely. And I, I think the only answer after that question right now is yes. <laughs> you know, because right. I, I do think it'll be out of that. I think it's going to be a, a constant debate and an unanswerable question as you lead to the draft. Because, as I said earlier, I do think they will have a situation that, that you want to be in where, as they go into the draft, I think they'll look at it and go, we're okay at tight end if we have to go this route, uh, meaning we're okay with going first, second, or third round. I think they'll take a tight end somewhere in those three, but I think they'll look at the board and say, if we don't get it in the first, we're okay in the second. I think they'll go into the offensive line thinking, if we have to start the guys we've got, we're okay, but boy, if somebody fell to us, it'd be great. And I think they'll have the same situation at wide receiver, so they'll have flexibility to take the guy that they feel like, okay, he's really going to make us better. So that's what you want. It's not just, ask them what the Jaguars do in free agency. It's what other teams do. So in other words, 
how does it push their needs up and down the board? There are three positions that it seems every year you see a run on. Uh, the first is quarterback. If there are quarterbacks, teams are moving to get them if they need them. The second is pass rushing defensive end, the guy that chases them. There are fewer of those, it seems, that you find that are worthy of that top pick. And so that causes a run. And the other's offensive line. So we'll see how free agency, where there aren't that many top offensive linemen available on a yearly basis, impacts that. And there may be somebody that slides down to them and they they can't pass on it. But I'll say now I think offensive line is the pick at 29. It's just a guess based on guys who I think will be there and based on what I know of Tom and Doug mm-hmm. and, and, and how they want to play the game. But you, when you invest the fourth overall pick in a running back, especially a guy like Fournette, you have to strike while the iron is hot. And if there's an offensive lineman there, the value is greater than tight end or wide receiver. So that's my two cents. And uh, to your point, shows you how hard it is these days with the spread offenses in college. You mentioned the offensive line. Fear of them taking harder to develop the position. It's not a coincidence that the highest paid offensive lineman in free agency wasn't even drafted. Right. It's really hard to evaluate the position coming out. This kid obviously was not considered very good coming out. All right. of a sudden, he fits the NFL better than anybody. So I think that's a sign of the times. Two things. One, in the last two years, you have paid A.J. Boye, who was undrafted, right? Barry Church. Exactly. Deshaun Gibson. Uh, keep going. And now Andrew Norwell. It's amazing. You've got to start hitting on those guys now. You've got to find, draft, and develop your own guys and hit an undrafted rookie free agency, no doubt. Let me give you a name. A guy that I would love to see there. A guy that people, he may get there, is Orlando Brown, the big right tackle. He was a left tackle mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. Showed at the Combine, probably not a left tackle in the NFL. Right. But a road grading right tackle, just like his old man was, right? Right with the Browns and with the uh, the Ravens. Boy, if a guy like that slides to you, could because again he didn't perform all that well. Although I think he will right. at his Oklahoma Pro Day redeem himself right. somewhat. If there's a guy like that, you don't take a tight end or a, a receiver over a guy like Orlando Brown. Not at 29, the value's too great. Had a brutally tough combine. I get it. Uh, Turn on the tape though. Couldn't jump at all, but I don't really care if you can jump. For a right tackle? Right. Right. And turn I can't on the jump tape. either, right? <laughs> yeah. There's means. a couple of us in the room. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, turn on the tape and mm-hmm. watch the guy play at Oklahoma in the Big 12. Um, boy, <laughs> that's a dream scenario if he's sitting there for them, I think. It's a scenario that makes sense. Yep. All right. Well, we try to make sense here on this show. Occasionally, we even do. That'll do it. Jags drive time on a Tuesday. Uh, stay tuned, folks. More to come all week long here on Jaguars.com, including Jaguars.com Live tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Tuesday. <laughs>